Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Awesome Gale here with my guy, Ben Brown, on Thanksgiving. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving so far, Ben. And it probably wasn't because of the games. Two blowouts today. Uh, Washington football team winning against Dallas 41-16. Houston beating Lions 41-25. It was kind of some atrocious football. Some fun storylines to watch, but definitely blowouts on both sides. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the both games got over, so I think people like seeing a little bit of the offense. So maybe that made up for it a little bit. But yeah, we definitely didn't have any come down to the wire uh, great games happening on Thanksgiving unfortunately there were some you know pretty decent fantasy performances of course you have to be impressed with Will Fuller from the first game uh, Brandon Cooks actually was somewhat involved as well he almost went for 100 yard receiving of course he didn't get in the end zone like Will Fuller did late but I mean Deshaun Watson continues to perform well above expectation it's kind of interesting to think about where they would be you know if they didn't go into the season with Bill O'Brien um, but they're looking like a team that could potentially get to over their seven and a half win total still at this point in time which is going to be a sweat here uh, towards the end of the season. So what are some takeaways that you saw from the two games? Yeah, I want to start with, you know, Houston at Detroit here. Deshaun Watson, one, is an absolute monster. He's the second highest graded quarterback in football behind Patrick Mahomes uh, since week five. In this game, 17 of 25 for 318 and four touchdowns. Also, Will Fuller season hit. It was kind of late. I think there were some people yeah. worried early in that game, especially when especially when C.J. Proceis and Duke Johnson had touchdowns early in that game. But I think now Will Fuller, six receptions for 171 and two touchdowns. On the Lions side, what is why did they establish the run in the third quarter with Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson? I mean, they didn't even average over four yards per carry between the two. I know Peterson had those two, um, you know, short yardage touchdowns to help his fantasy stock, but that was just an interesting game plan from Matt Patricia's for now Detroit Lions. I think it was a very tough performance in an island game for Matt Patricia and that coaching staff. I don't know, I don't know what's going on in Detroit, but I, I can't imagine they're going to be happy with this kind of these kind of performances much longer. Yeah, they tried to get some trick plays involved. I don't. I know that they're obviously weak at that second receiver. You know, they were talked about starting basically Quintus Cephas. He only had two targets. Mario Van Hall had four targets. Only turned two of those into receptions. So we saw. We kind of saw Mohamed Sanu emerge towards the end. So I think a little bit of blame is basically going around the fact that they have Galladay and Amendola out. The offense really hasn't gotten going, and maybe they wanted to lean on the running game uh, a lot more than they should have, especially in the third quarter when they definitely needed to come out and you know, make some progress to actually get back into the football game. So I don't know. I definitely think that we could see, could have seen the last of Matt Patricia here on Thursday night. I know, you know, Detroit obviously isn't anywhere close to what we kind of, a lot of people thought they were going to be the sneaky team in the NFC North potentially challenged for that division title. That hasn't happened whatsoever. So I think uh, Patricia, especially with this team, probably looking like it needs to have a little bit of a turnover, especially with Matt Stafford at the quarterback position. Uh, we could see a little bit of clearing house. Do you think that's going to happen here over the weekend? I think there's a chance. I mean, now is as good a time as any. If it doesn't happen now, maybe in the offseason. A couple comments on the Washington-Dallas game before we jump to look ahead to the NCAA slate and then do some prize picks on the back end here. The Washington football offense was predicated on Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Those two had a ton of success. Right. Hell, even Peyton Barber averaged over five yards per carry, 11 carries for 57 yards. It was the Antonio Gibson breakout party. I know the fantasy community collectively was wanting JT, J.D. McKissick to go to the bench and let Antonio Gibson and take this feature role he takes it on thanksgiving becomes the first rookie to score three touchdowns on thanksgiving since randy moss did against the dallas cowboys in the late 90s that super impressive performance from him and then on the dallas side ezekiel elliott 10 carries for 32 yards and a fumble amari cooper shined bright early but that offense overall fizzled that fake punt was atrocious just an awful showing from the dallas cowboys on their end yeah i mean i don't hate the fake punt at the end i think it's kind of a spot where you need to be a little bit more aggressive 
course, you know, execution is a completely different story whatsoever. But the play call, uh, yeah, wasn't great. But yeah, Antonio Gibson, it's great to see. He absolutely, you know, he had a few late garbage time plays to actually get over, um, you know, his rushing total. But 27 touches is exactly what you want to see from a fantasy standpoint. So he definitely looks like, you know, a top flight running back option, you know, in that RB1 sort of territory of like the top 10 guys you'd see in the league for fantasy points. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see what they do the rest of the season. Washington's uh, kind of a hot team at this point in time. But, you know, we got a lot of good action coming up here on Friday uh, on our college football slate. Are you looking at any games that you really like? Of course, we have uh, Notre Dame facing off against North Carolina. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Oh, buddy, I am dropping next month's rent on North Carolina at home, plus five, UNC. I've done it before. I did it in the same spot when DJ Uingalele was starting for Clemson. That uh, minus seven number bet them. Didn't pan out. But here, North Carolina, Sam Howell's playing good football. Two really, really good receivers in Diami Brown and Daz Newsom. They have the two most elusive running backs in college football in Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I think this North Carolina offense at homes gives Notre Dame enough fits to cover that five number. Ian Book has been on a bit of a hot streak. I think he regresses back to the mean against North Carolina. And I'm not saying they win, but I think North Carolina at least covers that five. Yeah, I definitely like, you know, them playing with into a field goal different differential at this point in time. I think we have our, their offense is pretty close in our opponent adjusted grades, but I do like Sam Howell quite a bit more um, at the quarterback position. I think, you know, even from his true freshman season, he's just graded a lot better than what Ian Book has shown over the course of his career. Like you mentioned, Ian Book's looked good recently, but I think when you're taking into uh, some of these longer term factors, I think you definitely have to lean towards Tar Heel's side at the quarterback position, which definitely makes me, uh, you know, getting points with them is definitely, I think, the best option on Friday. Are there any other games you like at this point in time? I think I'm steering clear of every other game on Friday. We have a rule, Ben. We've talked about it before. We do not bet UMass Minutemen. They have some value there in green line at plus 37 and a half against Liberty. I can't do it. I will not spend my Friday at 12 o'clock, the day after Thanksgiving, rooting on the Minutemen to cover 37 and a half against Liberty Flames. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'm sticking with my UNC bet there at plus five and looking ahead to the Saturday slate and the NFL. Can we jump now to prize picks? Let's go to prize picks. Let's get some... Uh, right. So for those who don't know, if you don't listen to Ben and I, we talk about prize picks every Thursday. It's this awesome site where it allows you to parlay PPR projections picks in order to win cash on prizepicks.com. So, for example, right now they have Deontay Johnson projected at 15.0 PPR points and Calvin Ridley at 18.5. You can pick the over-under on those, parlay them together, and make some cheddar on your end. Let's start with your picks, Ben. And I think we've been hitting on these of late. Let's start right. with your picks, Ben. What's an over-under you like on prize picks? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Giovanni, but not going up against the Giants courts uh, I this is dependent on Joe Mixon of course being out I do think that that's probably going to happen but um, if it does I do like Gio Bernard getting over 12 fantasy points uh, Brandon Allen is set to start there I think he's they're going to try and get quite a few deep pass shots coming from him but I also think that they're going to rely heavily on Gio Bernard uh, especially in that shorter passing game I think a lot of the receiver uh, depth of targets will be a little bit further downfield so I do think he could get some action underneath I do kind of like uh, the Bengals in the spot, of course, you know, there's six, seven and a half point dogs at this point. Um, but I do think that they could potentially be involved enough that Gio Bernard gets over his 12 fantasy points. So that's one that I am really liking. Um, another spot, I think I'm fading it a little bit. Delvin Cook under 24 and a half fantasy points. Panthers defense has been uh, decent lately, but I actually uh, kind of like the Panthers to potentially cover um, and maybe even win this game outright. So I think that uh, Delvin Cook might not be as involved as he was, you know, 
two weeks prior, three weeks prior sort of thing. I and mean, I think we see a little bit more of the Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen show coming up here on Sunday. So I like Delvin Cook under 24 and a half fantasy points. Uh, I want to hear some of your winners that you got coming up, though. 24 and a half PPR points is a lot too. Even if right. it is going against Carolina, I think that would be tough for Dalvin Cook to clear that number. One of my favorites here, and I, you know I hate sweating unders for really good mm-hmm. players, but Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders is currently projected at 17.2 PPR points against Atlanta in Atlanta. Right now, P, uh, PFF's um, projections have him at 13.1. I think a big reason for that is Josh Jacobs is a bell cow, but Devontae right. Booker sneaks in there for a decent snap share. They like to run Booker, especially to keep J- Josh Jacobs' legs fresh he's a guy that's battled some injuries this year and even last year i think Devonte booker eats into that snap share enough to where josh jacobs doesn't cover that number and i also don't think this is going to be a raiders blowout by any means where they're laying right. on the football running the clock out i think it's going to have to they're going to have to put up points and when you have to put up points they're going to be targeting nelly nelson aguilar hunter renfro hopefully henry ruggs eventually their first round pick down the football field so josh jacobs under 17.2 ppr points is one i'm leaning i'm trying to think if do i want to do this do i want to sweat out a Calvin Ridley under as well because the narrative of course is the Las Vegas Raiders defense is bad Damon Arnett Trayvon Mullen Jonathan Abram a bunch of young secondary players and the Atlanta Falcons I think what three-point dogs in that game I do think that they're gonna have to throw and Calvin Ridley if Julio Jones is indeed hurt which I think he is battling some things right now could be that focal point I think Calvin Ridley could clear that 18.5 but he's been struggling of late that Falcons offense has been struggling of late I think I'm gonna commit to it I think I'm gonna sweat that under as well 18.5 PPR points for Ridley yeah, I definitely don't mind that. Um, we Our green line model kind of leans towards the over. That's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous for that game. Of course, like you said, Julio Jones injury. But I do agree that Calvin Ridley hasn't necessarily looked uh, good since he's come back from his own injury. So I think maybe this is a spot where he, uh, you know, takes a step back to both Russell Gage. Maybe we see some Landis Zacchaeus coming on as well. Maybe a little Hayden Hurst as well. But I think uh, people probably overrate how bad that Las Vegas Raiders defense is. So I don't mind uh, kind of playing into that narrative a little bit. So um, what do we got here for Saturday's slate of college football action? Saturday's slate of college football. This is going to be interesting. I think there's a ton of, you know, a lot of me wants to bet Ohio State minus 28 and a half against Illinois. Green Line doesn't currently see a 1% edge there, but I think Ohio State's going to roll after what was an underwhelming performance against Indiana. They did not clear the number against Indiana. I think Justin Fields could bounce back against Lovey Smith's Illinois defense. There's Michigan. There's value on Michigan at minus two. At Pe- I want to get. I, I need to get your thoughts on that one for sure. Because I was one I actually wrote up earlier in the week. Both teams, of course, have been very disappointing coming up. Um, I do think we're going to get Cade McNamara as opposed to Joe Milton. I do need to check that news later. You know coming up here on Friday, but do you like Michigan at this point in time as a spot you can side with Green Line on? I think I want to. I think the narrative right now is that Michigan is way underperforming and at home against Penn State only favored by two right now. I think you can kind of go against that narrative. Jim Harbaugh is coaching for his job, and I know it's Penn State. It's better competition than they saw against Rutgers, where they almost lost in overtime against the Scarlet Knights. I think they get back on track here. Not by much. I just think they clear the two. If they win it by a field goal or a touchdown there against Penn State, I'm going to side with Green Line's 1.7% edge um there against penn state for michigan yeah definitely i like that i can get on board with that as well i do think michigan uh is going to be the better offensive team defensively as well so i do think they have all advantages and if they win by a field goal that basically covers the spread uh cash and ticket percentages are basically kind of split at this point in time i think if people are buying into michigan they're definitely doing it on that money line which you know isn't too bad of a play either at minus 130 if you're really worried about uh them potentially covering but not 
you know, or winning, but not necessarily covering, which I don't think is going to happen. I would lean towards taking minus two, but I think both are definitely viable plays. So I don't know. We got a full slate of college football action. Is there any other that are jumping out for you, Austin? I don't think so. I think I want to keep, I, I, I'm putting so much on UNC that I kind of got to roll into, it depends on that bet. You know, I think I'm going to hold until yep. that bet comes through and we'll see how I approach the Saturday slate. But I think if I had to lean on two right now, it is that Michigan at minus two and then the Ohio State Buckeyes in a blowout to cover minus 20 and a half at Illinois. Um, all right. Great podcast, Ben. Always excited to get you on Thursdays. A little bit earlier. Usually recording really late after a Sunday night game. Obviously, no Baltimore Ravens, Steelers game tonight. But until next time, Ben Brown, Austin Gale, the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.